In the name of the one holy and living God. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So it's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. It's a weekend when we celebrate his work, his vision for racial justice, for the eradication of poverty. That great, I have a dream. We're celebrating the ways he named racism among us. The way he spoke truth. He declared Sunday mornings the most segregated hours of the week as we were all in our different segregated congregations. And we look to the way he called us to choose radical nonviolence. He said that nonviolence is absolute commitment to the way of love. Love is not an emotional bash. It's not an empty sentimentalism. Love is the active outpouring of one, one's whole being into the being of another. And he called us to step up to the plate. Another quote, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So we celebrate him this weekend, his legacy, his work. If you just Google his quotes, you'll be filled with inspiration and insight. But those messages didn't have broad traction when he died. His work was not broadly embraced. According to a Harris poll that was done the week he was assassinated, MLK Jr.'s public disapproval rating was 75%. 75% of Americans polled, rejecting his message, rejecting part of his message. So the opportunity this weekend we have is to look at his life. Is today there's recognition and understanding and appreciation of what he gave. But what he gives calls us to look at what needs to be done today in the world. Because our nation is still in the grip of racial injustice. We are struggling for true justice, for, for the eradication of poverty, for restorative justice, for the dignity of all human beings. And our job here as faithful Christians to figure out where do we fit in? What should we do? White supremacy, oppression is all around us. Poverty, right out our front door. It's daunting. And the challenge seems overwhelming. Is who am I? Little me. To make a dent. And when we have someone like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as an example of how Christ would have us be in the world, it really is only a teeny weeny mental mouse click away to go to that space of, I can't do that, I'm not good enough, and I certainly do not have those gifts. Yet this morning, the Apostle Paul says, wait a minute, you do have the gifts. He tells the Corinthians way back then, as he is telling us now, that the Spirit has given us gifts. 
These are gifts rooted in God's love, sourced in God's love. Gifts that can and do shine the light of Christ, the love of Christ, the way of Christ in the world. Paul writes to each, and he really means each of us, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The manifestation of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit for the common good, for this body of Christ, for the greater body of Christ, for our community and beyond. And as individuals, he lays out that not all of us have the same gifts. He tells us there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, the same source. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord who we serve, Jesus. And there are a variety of activities, what we do with the gifts, how we're empowered by the gifts, but it's the same God who activates them all in everyone. Do you ever think of yourself as someone who is living with a gift of the Spirit inside you? Because we have those gifts. Nobody is exempt from receiving the gift of the Spirit. And nobody's gifts are any better than anyone else's in the eyes of God. They all come from God. They are all equally better valued. And these are gifts that are not for our own betterment. They're not packages to unwrap and put on the private shelf of our innermost selves. They're gifts for the common good. Just as we've each been blessed, we are to use this blessing to be a blessing to others. The Greek word for gift in this passage comes from the root word charis which means grace. So maybe instead of thinking of these as gifts, these, this is grace the Spirit has bestowed upon us, blessing upon us, gifts. This morning, I think we need to hear that we are already gifted. We each already have in our own particular selves the grace, the empowerment, and the gift to shine God's light, to shine Christ's light in the world. So, what are these gifts? What are your gifts? Nobody has them all, and that's a big part of Paul's point. Paul lists some of the gifts to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom and to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to that same spirit to another faith by that same spirit to another gift of healing by the one spirit. And he continues to list more gifts, the working of miracles, of prophecy, discernment of the spirits. This is not an exhaustive list, but a list of gifts 
things that are innately alive in us that we haven't earned, but that what we have, that we have alive in us without us working hard to get them. Alive in us and shining light in ways we may not even know. Unless we think that our gifts actually come from our own awesomeness or that we somehow earn them because we are specially blessed and our gift is better than someone else's. Paul says over and over and over again, these are by the Spirit. So, what gifts are alive already in you? Wisdom? Teaching? Truth-telling, compassion, healing. Sometimes it's hard for us to know what our own gifts are. And oftentimes we get glimmers of what those gifts are through other people. How people react to how we move and be in the world. I remember back in my early 20s, plopping down on the couch one day after work, totally depleted. And my roommate asked, her to, asked me to tell her a story about what happened that day. I'm like, a story? I, I can't think of anything. She said, what do you mean? You tell me stories every single day when you come home from work. There's always something funny or weird or interesting. I wasn't aware I did that. I wasn't aware that I ever was telling stories. I'd never thought of that as a story. But here she was reflecting back something that gave her life. So what gifts are flowing out of you? What do others reflect back that are gifts that maybe you don't think of as grace, as a blessing? Because it comes so naturally. I've been thinking a lot about Martin Luther King Jr.'s gifts. And gifts that we have through time. And was noticing over the week. Gifts that crossed my radar. It's a woman I'd never heard of before. Rachel Spaked. In 1617. She's Christian and... She was one of the first to call herself a polemicist. She was tackling misogyny. And she wrote in particular against a man who'd written works designed to ridicule and reduce certain women, to bring them down. There's a great piece of one of her, her poems that she wrote. If reason had but curbed thy witless will, or fear of God restrained thy raving quill. Such venom foul thou wouldst have blushed to spew. Rachel, 1617, using the gift of perception, the gift of wisdom to know what was happening, the abuse against women wasn't right, and the gift of expression. And then it bumped into Thomas Mundy Peterson this week, an Episcopalian, 
From 18, in 1870, he was the first African-American to cast a ballot in an election. It was people in his congregation who encouraged him to step out, to have the courage to do what he knew he wanted to do, just cast that ballot. And he did. Gift of courage. And then there are those quiet day-to-day gifts that we bump into. Remember a woman in the hospital when I was training to be a chaplain. And I was feeling depleted when I walked in her room. And we were talking a bit about prayer. And she said, well, what's your daily prayer? And I don't remember what I said. I probably mumbled something about doing the daily office and maybe some lines that meant something to me. But she looked at me right in my eyes. and went straight to my heart. And she said, you know what my prayer is? It's from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians where Jesus says my grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness she said that's what I pray may God's grace be sufficient for me for your power God is made perfect in weakness there's a woman who was lying in a hospital bed, about to transfer into hospice. And she gave me her gift of faith from that very weakness. So no matter how weak we feel, how inept we feel, how broken we feel, our gifts can shine through. Our gifts can and do serve the common good. So our job is to to notice And to be that light in the world, to share those gifts. So today, looking at Martin Luther King Jr., I'm looking at what uh, what sustained him, what kept him going. And I've probably said this before from the pulpit, but it really annoys me that we say Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and we erase the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Because the reverend part, the Christian part, the faith part is what rooted him, what animated him. Imagine today's scripture is likely one of the pieces that fed him. That he had gifts of the spirit. He used his gifts if we look at his life. But he used them in concert with a whole body of people around him who had different gifts their gifts, working together with his gift. He may be the one remembered today, may be the one remembered this weekend, but it's the whole body of people with him using whatever gifts they were given in the fight against white supremacy, racism, poverty, and oppression. None of these gifts are ours. They're to be given. They're for the common good. And we are to use them to build up what the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. called the beloved community. The beloved community is an idea from the 20th century philosopher and theologian, Josiah Royce. 
And in the beloved community, poverty and hunger, homelessness will not be tolerated. They'll not be tolerated because standards of human decency will not allow it. Racism in all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice will be replaced by an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood. So where are your gifts? How can we together serve the common good? How can we live into this vision of a beloved community? One with dignity and true justice and the love of God present and alive among all. Amen.